Welcome, welcome to another episode of Listen and Chill. In this episode, we talk to a man wearing many hats, Rezavi, an entrepreneur, a founder of a smart card and a fellow podcaster. He has a podcast on Anchor too, yay! Wise beyond his years, he's realized the importance of people and the community in our success. In this episode, we talk about his journey as an immigrant and an entrepreneur, creating a product to fill the gap between an old school of thought and the newer way to connect. We also delve into social capital and how to make it as an immigrant amongst a lot more topics. Without further ado, it's time to listen and share. Thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. Again, you know, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, Now, you've worked in in multiple places. So if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and then, you know, we could go from there. I'm Reza V. Thank you for having me. And I'm the founder of OVU uh, Business Card. It started as a business card and now we are expanding into other um, marketing tools. And before that, I did some marketing. I've done content creation, videography, photography. Um, and that's, that's me. Wonderful. Thank you, Reza. So Reza V, is that like, like sort of similar to Gary V and, you know, shortening the last name? A lot of people ask me that. Yeah, I have, a, <laughs> I have an immigrant last name. It starts right. with V. I right. thought of uh, other original ways to shortening it, but none of them right. were as easy as V. Um, okay. As much as I don't like to be called a copying someone else, but it is what <laughs> Makes it is. Sense. It is Reza right. V. I, I tried doing that because my last name is pretty big too. So I usually go with M uh, because if I shorten it, it's just Mu. So that's Mood Bidri. It's just Mu, which like doesn't make sense. Yeah, so I just yeah. go with M. But wonderful. Okay. So now to start off, I remember, you know, uh, from our previous discussion, you've had internships in multiple places, you know, before you started with content creation in Vancouver. Have you always been in Iran or Vancouver or has it been a transient journey? So I, I was born in Iran. I moved okay. to Vancouver when I was 14 years old. Right. And originally the plan was for me to go back and, and help family business and join the family business. Okay. And in that process, I even got an opportunity to do an internship in Switzerland for, uh, with a oh. food um, related, agriculture related company. And mm-hmm. I worked for them for two months. Uh, I went back and forth to Iran. I worked with family business a couple of different occasions. And it got to a point that I I made a choice to be back here and do something on my own. Okay, sweet. And the family business, what was that in, if you don't mind sharing? It's a food uh, production facility. um, And that we create, um, we, we refine edible oil, like cooking oil. Um, soybean as well as sunflower uh, that type of stuff and I was mainly involved in the marketing side of packaging and advertising that that always been my interest um, okay. area of interest so okay. that's what I did there when when I was back here I continued doing marketing but for small businesses in Vancouver okay. and now I am creating a marketing tool um, as a startup Okay, sweet. So if you could, again, uh, because I would like to delve a little bit about the journey before you, I remember looking uh, on LinkedIn and you worked, uh, you studied with Brainstorm. Is that correct? Brainstation. Brainstation, sorry. So how was, uh, what was the process like over there? And what I'm trying to understand is from a content creator's perspective, how a course like that enhances what you sort of vision and vision. How does that work? So, uh, in terms of content creation, I always had this artistic side of me that um, since 10 or 11 years ago, I did photography. Wow. Whenever I got a chance, I made some money on the side with that. Okay. I made uh, videos for different sports team. Um, and, and I quite enjoyed the process of making these interesting videos and whatnot. Okay. And as a kid coming to Canada, going to high school here, I grew up with YouTube. YouTube was this big thing in my life. I was one of the early people that wanted to do unboxing and reviews and gadgets. Oh, really? okay. And I okay. did some, but I, I didn't have the confidence to, to focus on it and push through. 
I gave up on it too early. I remember I did some videos in 2009, 10. I got like 80,000 views and I was hyped about it, but I didn't push through. And then for another five to seven years, I didn't do much content creation. It was mostly um, stuff I did as a hobby. And then at some point I realized I want to get back to this is something I enjoy doing, the creative side of me. So then I started heavily creating content on, on Instagram. If I traveled, I created content there. And then that kind of showcased my ability with camera from photography to video and content. Okay. And then slowly that got me into opportunities to do uh, small businesses and deal with them. But then I realized I know how to create a video, but telling a story that's strong and also um, doing the marketing right is is a whole different game and even though in langara i took marketing classes it wasn't quite enough so i looked elsewhere i was like i have to take marketing courses i looked for brain station i started um researching them i took their classes um whenever i got a chance online i learned uh self-taught myself on marketing okay and i remember i enjoyed marketing a lot the more i learned the more i wanted to understand so that that was the journey okay so first off it started with you like as you matured you realized that you need the consistency then you realized that it's more about the storytelling aspect too other than just marketing wonderful okay yeah. and and yeah. that's that's been the general progression i think even you know of your career of sorts and that led to the creation of ovu so i'm trying to understand how all of this or how the concept of ovu was created how did that go about so um Two, two and a half years ago, I had this idea about Obu because that was around the time I mm-hmm. kind of made this decision that I want to do my own business. I don't want to go join family business. And every, um, every business owner, every entrepreneur or um, most people out there in, in general will tell you as soon as you want to open your own business, the first thing you have to do, go print some business cards because that right. makes your business legit. Right. Have a website business card brochure so i had this resistance toward business cards because i wanted to be outside of the box i was like this is old school this is not going to make me stand out i i want to have a leg up and obviously from you know when you start a business for the first time you're not established enough to go do seo and google and different things me as a one person wanting to do uh, marketing for small business owners Mm -hmm. i had to just go to the small business owner and approach them in person so that business card was important i i needed something like that and i had to um think outside of the box and i found out that there's nfc there's qr code there's different things i downloaded a bunch of business mm-hmm. card apps i even remember went to one of the uh trade shows around and i at night i created a landing page just a simple website okay. created my qr code put it as my home screen on my phone just to try it okay and, and whoever asked me for business card i said i went um i went more towards you know eco-friendly i, I i'm not wasting paper and i showed them the qr code and it always works and i i felt like I have something there. Okay. The only thing that was um, that was kind of an obstacle was that Apple wasn't allowing NFC okay. and that made the user experience a little bit um, not what I wanted. So okay. I felt like it's it's not going to happen when some some users have to have NFC, some QR code. It's just, and people are not ready for it. So I remember that was one of the dozen ideas that I had that I put aside and I just continued doing marketing for friends and whoever I knew in in business and um, time went by and then I met a developer and it was a good timing to jump on this and and I think iOS 13 announced um, last summer that they're supporting NFC right I was just gonna get to that right okay yeah so uh again do you see this as a barrier in between the old school where it was mostly just business card transactions and sort of the new age you know 18 year olds millennials coming nowadays where they do this you know, qr code do you see ovu as something in between that or do you see overlapping uh, you know all sectors 
I I see it as something in between because okay. um and and that's a good representation of who I am. Okay. I'm this type of person that understands the old school person. I understand my dad who is 60 year 63 years old. I understand mm-hmm. the old school business okay. environment okay. because I grew up in a family who are entrepreneurs and old school business owners mm-hmm. and I also understand the young startup community so i i'm the perfect bridge between the two right. and i understood uh what i felt like about ovu was that with old school people it's really hard to get them to do social media on camera and you know right. build their business that way right. they are still going to networking event and, and rightly so because think about it if i had to build a business from scratch Right. on social media it takes at least a year to get any results sure. whereas yeah. the shortcut is just go to some events it's it's way cheaper you just talk to people directly and hustle and get that first few clients yeah. until you get to a position that you're like okay now i'm established a little bit i have a little bit of time or investment let's now focus on seo and social media and whatnot even google like only 3 uh links going to be the top page or five links going to be in that top page everybody else they're networking they're not they're not waiting for google to bring them clients yeah. so i felt there is this these two worlds and cool. at the same time here's the dilemma that i found the the most problematic when right. you are going out there meeting people in person they're in the physical world mm-hmm. how do you get them and transfer them into the digital world so they right. can see all the digital presence right. everything we do in in terms of our marketing or in terms of even our presence is on the digital world from social media website brochure everything right. the interaction is in person and i wanted this type of a tunnel to take them into the virtual world and this was the easiest and most convenient way to do that right and it makes perfect sense as you mentioned for a budding entrepreneur someone actually starting their business networking is a very key component so mm-hmm. you definitely this you know i see that bridging the gap so again since you mentioned networking and we had this discussed this previously uh, you had a, a, you know a, a pattern of attending 100 events in 100 days again i'm curious about what the thought process was behind this and you know and as you mentioned the 100th was the the launch of ovu uh, so if you could just walk us through how that came about and how you went about finding events every day and was there a structure of sorts so i i'm going to take you back to august 2019 this is around right. the time i met a developer right. uh through i i've been looking for a good developer for a long time okay. by then and I couldn't I didn't find someone that I could work with and I I had this different ideas to work with them okay. and then finally out of out of the blue I get referred to this person uh we we go for a coffee we hit it off very quickly it seems like we we get each other right. and he actually approached me I I at the time didn't have any idea of startup he approached me and he said I've heard a lot about you and your marketing skills and that you are doing this freelance thing and you want to do a marketing agency. I want to extend my hand and say I have a team that I work with and I we do SaaS services. How mm-hmm. how how um how can we work together to join forces and build this agency that we can, you know, offer marketing as well as SaaS services. So I quite liked it. Uh, we talked a little bit about it and then I said I need to see your work before I'm confident to tell the client uh about it so let me think of something that you can do for me either a website or something right. then i realized i had this idea about ovu and i told him i have this idea how how long do you think this will take is it an easy task right. and within a week or two he put together something very simple and then we discussed a little bit about it and i got excited i was like i i rather do marketing for myself i'm right. going to jump on this he still has clients on the side i'm just one of his clients okay. but i told him i'm going to be full time on this uh-huh. so we started working together um and his and i started you know registering the company i already had the domain from from a while ago cuz i felt like it's a good domain for for anything literally i wanted to make it a marketing agency and then it turned to a startup right and um 
I I got things in order and we fast forward to November. Okay. The team that he's working with is starting to coding. And this is this is about the time that you cannot change the project anymore. We we did all the refinement, the, all the designs. When they're coding, this is it. They're actually jumping on it. So Uh, we finalized it. Okay. And then I realized it's mid-November. They're, uh, they're going to give this to me around January. And I have this window that I need to, I need to deliver. I need to do marketing now right. because they're doing their job. Now the ball is in my, in my court. Huh. And I realized I, I want to become the number one user of this product. Mm -hmm. before I have the audacity to ask anybody else to buy it. Sure. That's the only way I would understand what it takes between two strangers meeting each other. Okay. When they're shaking hands for the first time, I want to know exactly what's going on in there. The psychology of it, the emotions, everything. And it was a more of a high quality research thing that I wanted to do. At the same time, couple that with my interest in the creative content creation. I was vlogging when I was traveling. So I, I merged the two. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to events anyway. So mm -hmm. I'm going to vlog about it. I'm going to share my experience. And I, I put a number to it to make the exciting part and the title, as wow. well as it gave me an excitement to go do all of it. So I said, I'm going to do 100 networking events in 100 days. And that's how it started. And I didn't really knew what I'm getting myself into until I actually did it. Like I went to, literally, I made the decision and the next day I was attending events and I had no plans for the week. Like I had to find events every day. Huh. And then, you know, 10 events in, I realized, okay, this is not sustainable. I have to uh, plan events a week or two in advance Correct. to make yeah. sure I find them. Mm -hmm. And I started doing events and then slowly it, um, it got refined and I didn't know I'm going to do the hundredth event midway, uh, you know, halfway through the journey. I realized it'd be cool if I uh, timed the launch with the last one. I got my beta users through this journey. And uh, the cool thing is I got to know every single OVU user in person. Right. So when they were using the product, I could, call them i could ask them i could get information so it wasn't strangers like i wasn't behind the computer and they were strangers Correct. but it, it wasn't really clear to me what i'm doing i would say okay. many times i was about to give up i didn't know if it's the right thing to do but i told myself uh finish the 100 events all of it and then look back and see was it a good decision or not Wow. Okay. That's, that's splendid. Thank you for explaining that journey. So my, my two like takeaways from that was that the dev reached out to you before you, you know, started with even the idea of OVU. So that's one point I definitely want to highlight. How did that go about? So, you know, I think that's a suggestion even to budding entrepreneurs to put your, even if you don't have a product, you know, be available out there. I think, would you, would you, would you agree? And how did you go about, what was the, as you mentioned, the content you were putting out wasn't really related to the business, but they saw your marketing side. Is that correct? And then the dev reached out to you. Um, here's, here's how it works. Okay. So in terms of, in terms of um, meeting my developer, right. A year be prior to that, in 2018, right. I started really going to some of these um, startup events and trying to find developers. Okay. And in the conversations, I was talking about the ideas I had, all that stuff. I realized that if I wanted to do any startup in the future, which is something I knew I'm, I'm interested in, right. if I wanted to do any idea, I need to know a good developer that I can rely to because I'm not a tech person and I need to have that on my side. Okay. So early on, I realized no matter what kind of idea I have, if I don't know those key people, right. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. Okay. So that was something in 2018 I learned and I was okay. always on the lookout and I gave up on the startup and focused on marketing because I just didn't find that person. Understood. So I was waiting to find that person. That's number one. Number two, um, in terms of, um, I think your question was about the, the, 
the networking part of things. Right. I put out my truth without the intention of selling a product. Correct. I wanted to just share with the world, this is my experience. And I came at the eye level. I didn't go like, I'm the networking expert, listen to me. Sure. I said, I don't know any networking. <laughs> I don't have a good uh, network in Vancouver, but I'm committed to build one. Let me show you what's my learning. Let me show you my journey. And people connected with that really deeply. And I never had the intention to build a social media that sells a product. Okay. I had the, I, to this day, I, there is a reservee and there is a OVU. They're helping each other, but they're independent. Mm -hmm. Reservee is a personality. He's no. about business. He's about social capital. He's about networking. That's my passion. And yes, today, today I'm running OVU. And I realized early on that this reservee is much bigger. I, I'm, I'm going to build a brand for, for life, for next 60, 70 years, right. whereas OVU is just, you know, for here for a short period of time or whatever, sure. however long. It may fail. It may succeed. It may sell. Right. I may exit it. I don't know. But I know I'm going to learn from it. And I want to share that. Right. And I want to share my journey. So that was the... I hope that answers the question. It does. It does. And thank you for elaborating on that. Thank you so much for explaining and elaborating on that part. And again, bringing us to the main point that Reservee and Uvu are different. Now let's talk a little bit more about you and your journey. Now, as immigrants, our journey is generally different as compared to what, you know, a Canadian's entrepreneur's journey is. So if you could highlight a little bit more about how that went about. As you mentioned, you know, Uvu was one element, but in building your own brand, building your own identity, how did that process go? You know, if you had to compare also how you uh, worked as a consultant and, you know, as a marketing consultant for a company and now doing your own business. Do you want to, you know, talk a little bit about that? So I moved to Canada 12 years ago and okay. that says a lot because um, for someone who has been here for 12 years, you expect him to have a big network by then. He's integrated, yeah. you know. I, I would expect someone like that to be almost like any other Canadian. But mm -hmm. I, I surprised myself after all this time when I'm trying to build a business and I'm, I'm telling myself, go networking, I realized I don't have much network. Yeah. I, I thought I had a network, but my network consists of my friends from, um, you know, childhood friends from Iran who I met uh, again here. There are a few of them, other Iranians I know, and then a right. few school friends. That's about it. When it comes to business, I still lack that network. Right. So I realized um, early on as an immigrant, you have to work extra hard when it comes to uh, building your network because right. you lose all that social capital which, right. which means all the capital or all the resources you have socially Correct. when you move to a new country. Just because your parents, your grandfather, your uncle, none of them work here or right. very few of them work here, you lose that capital. And one of the things that as human beings we quickly do is we integrate into communities of our own heritage. So if you're right. Indian... You, you start building an Indian community, Iranian community, Chinese community. That's why Vancouver is such in silos. And that's super normal at the beginning because that's the human instinct because we are in survival mode. We're in a you know, strange country. We don't know anything. This is the, the way we trust and we can get help from. But okay. as time goes, we have to break loose from that. Otherwise, we are in our comfort zone. We have to get outside of our comfort zone and build bigger circles. Mm -hmm. When I went out there and did all these networking events, um, I saw many middle-aged white men looking at me like, what the heck are you doing here? You know, mm -hmm. What's your business? And they were all looking at me like, are you trying to sell me a business card right now? And I was like, no, I'm not selling you anything. I'm just here you know, trying to launch a product. And literally for the first 60, 70 events, it, it just didn't make sense. Why the heck are you doing 100 events in 100 days? Right. Like, what's your job? Oh, you're a startup owner, but you haven't launched. Like, 
there was a lot of puzzled faces. Sure, sure. But I I spoke my truth, and early on, and another thing that helped me was early on when I moved here, I made a decision because I saw throughout my friends and how things went. I saw people who come here and they don't adapt. They're still right. like they're in their own home country. Immigrants True. who come here and after 10 years, they're still in the gates of immigration. They're, they're stuck there. Exactly. And then I saw people who forget where they came from. They, <laughs> they completely lose all of their heritage and right. they want to try to become someone who is from Canada and who is, you know, the, disregarding the other country and completely going the other op- opposite direction. I felt like early on, I have the choice to pick and choose what I like from my heritage and culture from Iran and what I like that I see here and I get exposed here. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me because that made me super unique to, to who I am. I have this mix of part of me is more Canadian and part of me is more Iranian. And when mm-hmm. I went out there in, in networking, it showed itself. People recognized that I'm not, you know, like a total fob Iranian who got off the boat and doesn't understand anything. And I'm not quite like themselves, like a Canadian either. I'm this mix and I embrace it and I put it out there and I'm proud of it. And this, this, this made me more unique because I was super happy about it and comfortable. And I feel like that made a big difference. Correct. And I think, as you very correctly mentioned, some people view the barrier as, you know, a permanent thing that you can never get over. And as you mentioned, I've seen that happen in so many places. And that's one of my pet peeves that when you come to a new place, you're supposed to adapt. You don't fully transition into a Canadian. But yeah, that is a problem with first generation immigrants that I've noticed. And I think why the disconnect between them and, you know, the second generation that comes after as to why, you know, because they're trying to be Canadian and the first generation sort of a hybrid, but definitely key points that you highlighted uh, are also the other barriers that a lot of immigrants, like I applied through the express entry and I see a lot of immigrants hone in on that, that, okay, my accent's different from these people. How do you suggest they should overcome that? As you mentioned, you know, you're a mix. I'm, I, I would like to assume even I am. But how would you say, you know, like what, how do they overcome those barriers? Say in the very first year in Canada, how do they go about it? And what tips would you suggest? It, it's funny. We, we tend to judge ourselves. On behalf (laughs) of other people before they even do it. We think about it. We are like, this person is thinking this on it. You're judging yourself super early. And and it's crazy (laughs) to me. So I feel like the most important thing is having the ability, not only not judging yourself, but also if you get judged, you know, be able to not not care about that. Correct. Overcome that. 99% of the time, you're not even being judged. It's just all in your head. And Vancouver is such a forgiving city that, you know, everybody's happy here. I'm I'm, I'm, uh, stunned by how welcome people are. And I I would argue Toronto is not like that. And any American city is not like that. Vancouver is such a unique place. Everybody's welcoming. Everybody's trying to, you know, uh, be accommodating. So if, oh. if you are having a hard time here, <laughs> that means something right. is wrong with you, not people. So I, I feel like the most important thing is having the ability to calm the brain down and not judge yourself. That's number one. Number right. two is get comfortable with yourself. That accent is part of you, that heritage, that everything, all of that makes, makes the person unique, makes okay. you unique. And I feel like people want to connect with with unique people with authentic people people who are themselves um as opposed to trying to be something else and and that seems cheesy but it's such a true thing out there i completely agree you've made fantastic points over here and again the, the the way to stand out is just by being you and you know you automatically are going to stand out so don't worry about it definitely great points okay 
So now let's again talk a little bit more about the business side of things because uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's the capital, the costs, the taxes, all of that, the registration of the business that box them down with this. So for example, like, you know, since OVU is the latest, what was the, uh, you know, what was the co- um, capital like? Were you also working elsewhere, you know, to combat that and, you know, to just take care of the bills, etc. if you want to, you know, elaborate a bit so- more? So I think that comes to circumstance. Everybody's circumstances is different. Sure, sure. I was sure. I was lucky that I I saved money when I could as, as early as possible when when I was having the family support, you know, or right. tuition to go to school all the way to my expenses. I was always I built this habit of whatever I got, I put 30% in my savings and I said this is what, right. all I have that I I have to make it happen, whatever, whatever the remaining is. So yeah. I built a good saving for myself. And then when okay. I, when I did all the photography and all the marketing, I built extra savings there too. And okay. then I decided, I think this was last year around springtime, I decided to move in with my grandmother and I got this opportunity that she's, she's sometimes here, sometimes back in Iran, but, but okay. she is getting old and, um, she she kind of told me if you are around um it's going to be nicer i would like it and i realized i can take care of her and it just happened that that opportunity came along and i realized you know what now is the time for me to save a little bit more and hence i'm in a small bedroom i even i'm a big guy i'm six foot three and i sit in a single bed here because wow. I want to make sure I fit in all my workstation. Otherwise, I couldn't fit in my workstation. But yeah. I'm super happy that I made that decision. I cut okay. costs on my rent. I cut okay. costs on my food because I'm living with my gr- grandmother. And that allowed me to, to push myself further. And I didn't have to take another job um, okay. while doing OVU. Um, okay. But, but um, at some point... I don't know how I don't know how relatable that is to general public because again a lot of people don't have that that saving and I don't know uh, maybe you have to work more and and save more to get to that position but I find business I come from an entrepreneurial background from family background and mm-hmm. I learned early on business is about leverage True. when like I I heard Gary Vee say this and I loved the whole line the, the, the easiest way not to own the Porsche company is to buy the Porsche car. So, <laughs> and I love that because yeah, it's all yeah. about leverage. When you make a decision not to save money, you're losing leverage. You just lose the leverage of doing what you want to do. Um, that's what I have to say. No, it's, uh, again, uh, very great points that you highlighted as you mentioned you know for you the circumstances were different but for everyone listening it's it's that logic it's that logic that okay i can you know like if i have it if i've rented a two-bedroom suite rent the other one out you know i rent the other room out keep everything in your room uh, have a side hustle move you know like try to do different things as you mentioned 30 dollars in savings put that uh, if you're not you know buying a porsche car invest in the company you know, which is why I suggest there are so many of my friends who have Netflix subscriptions. I don't. I have Netflix stocks because I know they will go up. And again, that's the sort of logic that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to follow. For a lot of people who don't come from that background, it's, you know, developing this talking to uh, business owners, which is why, again, networking, coming back to that, when you network and when you meet like-minded people, like I'm meeting you and I'm realizing so many yeah, things, yeah. that's why that's, you know, so key you know the key piece of the puzzle sweet thank you again i just went yeah. on a rant there sweet <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> sweet so let's let's talk a little bit about you know like a, a little more general things you've lived in a bunch of places switzerland being one what is your favorite place to live in out of all these um, is it vancouver i i've i it is certainly vancouver i've lived in iran i've lived in dubai briefly really? um I uh, just for three four months, and I've okay. I've I don't I don't consider living in in Europe because it was an internship just for two months. Okay. So mainly it was Iran and Vancouver, and okay. Vancouver's home now. By by now, okay. I'm half of my life I've been in Vancouver. So right. 
Yeah. So Vancouver. Okay. And you said you were in Dubai. When were you there? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. Two thousand and I would say seven. Oh, okay. I was there seventeen to eighteen, which is why I was seeing if you know nice. our paths nice. must have crossed over there. So, yeah. nice. okay. So in in this whole journey of entrepreneurship and you know consulting, yeah. uh, what would you say was your biggest success till date? Like one event that you remember and that sort of launched you. Um. my my entire 100 events journey i did has been the the foundation to everything else that came after okay. and i wouldn't i wouldn't call, like in terms of um the typical success that people say i wouldn't call any of it success because i, I i'm just at the very beginning okay. if if you want if you want to definish my success which is if you're happy doing it and and you're enjoying it I would say all I would say all along it's been it's been a successful journey. So okay. the 100 events what happened was it got me out of my comfort zone. Right. I I it, I broke out of those circles that I was stuck into and okay. it opened lots of opportunities from meeting you other podcasts, other webinar situations. I got invited to multiple places to talk to Daily Hive wrote about me. the this the amazing speakers i got to meet and invite to my 100th event for the launch and all the connections i made and mm-hmm. i feel like it's just the beginning i haven't done anything yet but okay. that's just the foundation i i i think in the future i would remember it as the breaking point as the tipping point of mm-hmm. the start of my my career Okay, and that's exactly how you define success. Was what we should look forward to. That be happy, you know, and that's your key. That you're learning something that you know propels you in the correct direction. So thank you. Uh, just as you mentioned, successes. Was there a ebb or something? You know, a low, a low point that you felt throughout this journey, uh, for example, and how you bounced back from it? Because you seem like a very optimistic person. So could you. <laughs> I I tend to be always positive and pushing forward. Right, right. Uh, I had two two instances that I felt a little bit on the low point and okay. for different reasons okay. midway through the 100 events journey 40 50 events in I had a low point on uh, in terms of Resavi as a, as a um, as a brand and I had okay. a low point that am I making a fool out of myself am I am I, what am I doing here what are what are right. people thinking of me what mm. are the whole I have friends on social media from all over the world and what are they thinking like what is he doing like I know my friends are judging me because I could join family business and now I'm doing this and they're they're like Reza you could join your family business and do a lot better and now you're doing this you're networking like what the <laughs> heck is that so it, those were in my mind and because I couldn't see the results I didn't get followers I didn't get lots of you know um recognition on linkedin or anywhere until at least 90th event in so half day i had a lot of doubts okay. um that was the low point and then okay. covid hit then i had low points on ovu back then i i knew ovu is a good good idea i'm pushing forward okay. and after launching and during covid resavi did really good but ovu wasn't doing well because all the turbulence and all of a sudden events are canceled trade shows everything all my okay. plans towards um i wanted to collaborate with events i wanted to have my own events i wanted to do all more events related right. stuff all of them canceled everything's up in the air what are we going to do so right. i had literally a month to month and a half of downtime i paused all the development and developers were like waiting for me to tell them what to do next Mm-hmm. until literally 2 weeks ago that we felt like okay we 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 are confident what we're going to do next and we had okay. to pivot from from some of our ideas but i had quite a bit of a low point of doubts that um did i even pick the right product maybe maybe i should just do content creation and i'm i'm a good character in front of a camera and not really uh, cut to run a business and that was going in my head okay thank you so much for sharing that i 
as you mentioned peer pressure and you know whenever you have a product whenever you launch those are doubts that come so you know when someone uh, successful someone who's experienced that shares that i think that definitely helps a budding entrepreneur that they might have questions like that but to power through that maybe you know if necessary pivot but try out different things so again thank you for highlighting that so now that you have developers on board uh and your your focus is more on the marketing aspect of your brand and ovo what are the general tools you use other than video communication but you know for the marketing aspect of it if you could um so for marketing designing too by the way yeah so uh, i i think the more um i i agree with the whole idea of uh creating lots of content um yeah. putting it out there be more like i would prefer a low quality either a zoom call or a camera on your phone or something um and and just put that content out is more yeah. effective than this high production cool design trying sure. to make advertisement so yeah. with linkedin i came in hot in terms of putting content every day on on for example during the um 100 events right. and it was just me with a camera and talking to the host of the event mm-hmm. super casual writing few few messages and a lot of people told me how refreshing it was because linkedin's been known for this uh very formal place everybody's super businessy and all of a sudden reza comes in and he's super casual he doesn't <laughs> care about all these old school people so it was refreshing and people liked it and i feel like that uh, a lot of people in their head they want to be perfect they want to have the perfect production and also i feel like having a face behind the company matters those sure. days yeah. that your logo could do the job is gone now people mm-hmm. question who is behind this company Correct. who is the face behind this guy so i i think it's more way more powerful if there is a character behind ovu as opposed to it's just ovu on the, on its own okay. not only that I don't have the resources to have a team running an Ovu account. So it's just okay. a one person trying to push content. So it's way more effective if I focus on Reza rather than having this whole Ovu account and run that unless I have a team and I have resources to put together to put a team team together. Okay. Um in terms of marketing, I I use Final Cut Pro to do a lot of my el- editing. but i have i have been using my phone more and more and more lately i have this app called over it does almost all my post editing it's super, have you heard about canva it's canva a, it's yeah a, i love canva yeah over is a competitor to canva i got used to the feature so i just stuck with over okay and i have this app called video leap i can edit videos on my phone So literally I don't even touch the computer I just edit videos on my phone I edit the posts on my phone and I try to post as much as I can um but I'm sure by the time I have to do more advertising or more ovu related content then all of a sudden I need more tools but this gets me done like this phone is super powerful people forget that you can do so much i do have a dslr and i do have other stuff and i and this is something i'm capable and i like doing like i can literally put together a small studio with the with the camera and do shoot like that but i know how much time and effort it takes this camera does an amazing job in such a small amount of time correct and again thank you for highlighting that a lot of people forget that it is a smartphone and you know focus more on okay we need this perfect camera and i was on a linkedin live recently and i mentioned the same thing that when i started my podcast for the longest time i think what was bogging me down was the peer pressure and once i got over that i was like okay i don't need to focus on that i don't need it being perfect i know what i want to do is you know talk to inspiring people inspire myself and whoever else is listening once i broke it down to just that i was like okay i'm going to use anchor we're going to use zoom you know simplify it to its basic essentials and start working with it which is you know exactly what you pointed out that if you have here's, a phone the, just go yeah here's the thing i want to remind all the audience because um in terms of a lot of people look 
as excuses not to do stuff because it's hard. Doing right. is hard. <laughs> and we always look at what's going well with somebody's content, whether it is an entrepreneur, business, content, podcast, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We look at what's going well with them and we say, oh, they're good at so-and-so or they have this equipment or they have that. Uh. I don't, so I can't. Uh. Here's, here's, here's the thing. People need to find their expertise or okay. their strength uh. and hone on that strength and focus on that. When you look at somebody, um, I would say, for example, Peter McKinnon or Casey Neistat on mm-hmm. YouTube, they are successful with their content because they realize their strength one is on storytelling and one is on cinema, uh, cinemagraphy and, right. and videography. Right. And they focused on that. True. That doesn't mean you have to be good at that too. You are good at something else. Sure. Focus on, for example, for me, I'm good at expressing myself in front of a camera and going on these talks and going, doing all these journey. So I do that. That's what I'm good at. My, mm. my developer and his team, this guy recognized that Reza's better if Reza's doing better if he's out there doing stuff. Like he, okay. he told me, go do your events. We'll take care of the website. Whereas if I had to sit down and do a website, I would have done a terrible job. You may be a different person. You may be good at writing. We'll sit down and write a blog and do that. That, that might be your, your strength. True. And I think, again, with, with the key with all of this is finding your niche and being consistent, which is the you know, points you highlighted. For, for anyone, uh, even when you mentioned that your old YouTube video, you know, I got 80,000 views and then there wasn't any consistency. And then, you know, again, you had to start from scratch, which is why I think, again, with people, you don't have to put it out daily, put it out weekly, but, you know, focus in on your aspect, learn from what you know the audience likes so great points great points thank you <laughs> so you seem to have a you know pretty good work life balance cuz you are separating you from the business so for someone you know for a budding entrepreneur uh, in in that aspect cuz for a lot of people the business becomes bigger than themselves how do you suggest they they go about to change that um, this is this is very interesting. You bring it up because in my presentation or my talk at the hundredth event, I was expected to share what my journey was like and what I learned from it. Right. And one of the key things I shared there was I observed, I would say, close to a thousand professionals in these networking events at um, in Vancouver okay. that I met and I talked to. Right. There were the majority of them put their profession ahead of themselves they hide behind what they do and they make it a bigger thing about themselves and i try to remind them that what you do um you're bigger than what you do you're way bigger than what you do and you may not recognize it but it's it's just a piece of you you're you're the person that people want to connect they Mm -hmm. don't want to connect with your profession and people uh, make what they do in their profession much bigger or their business much bigger than themselves and they feel like they're diluted they feel like they're nothing it's all the business mm-hmm. and if they bring the title of either google developer or i'm a startup founder or i'm a you know how with with linkedin you have multiple taglines <laughs> this is a speaker and this and, yeah. and sometimes sometimes these titles it's just so super confusing. You're like, what the heck do you do? Actually? I don't, I don't understand. And if you take that away, the person feels like they don't have anything to offer. They feel like they're gone. I'm here to tell you, you do have a lot more to offer. If you really tune in into that self-awareness to find about yourself, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't care if you're not like tomorrow, if my business fails, resident and fail the business failed these are two separate things you have to recognize that correct that's the tagline for the business too right you're bigger than uh you're bigger than your business something like that uh, I, I, I think my, my, I didn't even know, by the way, I was saying like, that wasn't planned in my speech. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I somebody, know, I know. I'm just, that is the thought process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somebody quoted me on LinkedIn 
three different people quoted me on LinkedIn and it yeah. started with, you are way bigger than what you do. Mm. And I realized mm. that <laughs> I said that. I was like, did I say that on stage? So it just came to me. It was very interesting. And it came out of frustration because I looked at everybody in the audience. Okay. I knew exactly what I experienced with them. And I was like, I want to remind you, you're bigger than what you do. And that, that became my, my thing. Nice. Yeah. Okay. No, I, again, I completely agree with what you're saying. I, we, we host LinkedIn local events too. And one of the key things that I've seen whenever you ask someone to give an elevator pitch, talk a little bit about themselves, it's all about their job. And you have to keep reminding that don't just talk about this. And uh, give you an example, you know, of this. I spoke to a banking professional and he did not want to, you know, showcase it. Like I, I used to be an engineer at that point and just wanted to showcase that, oh, this is a banking industry, we're not related. But as we dove into the conversation, he spoke about his interest in AI, how he's bringing that into banking and how, you know, the two worlds collide, you know, they, they combine together. And again, I was like, see, that's an element that people wouldn't know if you wouldn't mention it. You know, you're just talking about the industry. So thank you again for highlighting that. Yeah. So off of that, uh, what's the sort of plan for yourself and for the business scaling wise, where, how are you looking to grow, say in the next five years? What's the you know, thought process? What's the plan there? So I, um, in terms of OVU, I want to focus on sales teams right now because um, okay. I narrowed down the niche to those uh, businesses that have a sales teams uh, they're using business cards the most, okay. especially if they are a bank, car dealerships, or um, even high-end retailers, right. as well as those sales teams that have mobile sales teams, you know, sales reps visiting sites. Okay. Um, either they're selling medical devices or they're selling uh, to construction sites. I feel like we we have a lot more to offer to them. We are developing our product to have integrated CRM to um, make managing a sales team and their activities a lot easier really? to see analytics, really fully expanding on that. And, and our next move is even if they want a card, they get a card. Nice. But if they don't want the card, they can get a Apple wallet card. Oh, sweet. So okay. they can simply get that. So we're, we're expanding in, in that direction. But at the same time, um, there are individuals that want to use it. So we are trying to figure out how can we bring the cost down so we can offer a free version to them. Right. Um, there is a Zoom, Zoom version that we are experimenting with it. I've created this for a number of people. Oh, sweet. You go on a Zoom call, people can go, just uh, scan that. Nice. And we are, we are finding people who are doing speaking at these webinars, okay. uh, the event host, they, they like it. They, they right. want to use this. So, it, so that's the go on. No, no, go on, go on. Yeah. So that's the plan for Ovu uh, for the time being. Okay. For Reza, the plan is I I would love to do speaking. Okay. Uh, public speaking is something I, I enjoy. Right. Um, my first ever experience of public speaking was at my own event. I had two hundred individuals that that came um, for me to talk to them about my hundred events journey. Right. And I realized how important that moment was for me not to talk about OVU. So I didn't talk about the product. I only talked about my journey. Okay. People seemed to love it. I enjoyed the, the, the whole experience. And I was like, I want to do more public speaking. So I'm getting um, more invested in putting content out there, talking to different people. Right. I want... I want OVU to be the stepping stone that I can leverage to connect to more people so I can then have a better business for my second business. I, I so, look at it that way okay. instead of, you know, this is it. This has to make me successful. <laughs> right. That's my view on it. It makes perfect sense. I, I have a similar ideology that whatever you first start doesn't have to be something that you have to live with. Uh, you definitely can grow and progress that into something else. So best of luck with the public speaking engagements. That's something I am interested in too, you know, with my interests and everything. So thank you for that. Mm. You also touched upon uh, building a CRM. Would that be related to OVU or is that something else entirely? 
it is related to Obu right now when you tap this on a phone right. it uh, allows the other person to save you to their contact list right we want to have this lead capture uh, system where when you tap it they get they get asked that you know, they enter their email right. so you also get their contact but instead of um just getting a contact on email only right. it also can go straight to either the obu contact list crm or if for businesses that are using hopspot or other crm okay. if we can integrate down the road we want to allow the integration understood okay the only reason why i ask is i was here i'm consulting myself and are you all building a crm for obu or are you all in conjunction with the you know as you mentioned the... right now right now we have it okay. we we want this to build the, a very the light version and then and then see the opportunities are are everywhere we can either expand that sure. or we can integrate with other crm okay. that's the plan right. and definitely you know using this as a business this could you know help as you said you know to launch into the crm business to launch into a sales business whatever else marketing for example Absolutely. so best of luck with that just the last Thank part you. that i like to talk about again yes. uh, you would mention this before is a little bit about the wealth building how important that is to immigrants and to an entrepreneur what a lot of people do is put all of their eggs into one basket make it all about you know that this business or nothing else how do you go about that you mentioned you put it in savings etc how would you what are the other sort of you know things you do or you would like to highlight So what I find is that um we have three types of capital. Right. We have financial capital which is the wealth you're talking about. Right. We have the human capital which is the education or the skills or the training that a person has. And and this is over the past 20 30 years we have more understanding of how important the knowledge is. So mm-hmm. we are spending money on investing in myself, investing in education. The third is social capital which is the network and the social groups that that you, are around you and the relationships you have. I I'm such a believer that that is the very important part of your success and I feel like when you have a strong social capital the wealth and the knowledge comes with it because you access all these people all these smart people and you get access to these opportunities so i rather be poor financially but rich socially because i know how to make the money but if i'm wealthy financially poor socially i'm going to lose it all okay. it's not going to be easy to to build that mm-hmm. so that's something um i'm more focused on right now mm-hmm. and i i'm such a i'm determined on mm-hmm. it but besides that i feel like um I personally want to spread my I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. Right. I do have a TFSA. I don't want to touch that for the business. Mm-hmm. I have my rainy day fund. I don't want to touch that for business. Yeah. I have some some initial investment for the business. I don't want it to use personal on that. So I've separated those and I don't want to mix them. wonderful the brilliant bifurcation of the different capitals so again thank you for that that's that's something that again uh, a lot of immigrants sort of tend to not focus on when they're like okay i have an idea let me go about this okay let me just go find a job again great points that you're making today there is a great book uh, there is a great book good to great uh, okay. by i, I want to say george orwell but i may be completely wrong it it's not george orwell somebody else okay. but the, the book is good to great, good to great. Okay. and it Yes and it says um it's this person who studied successful people for 10 years and oh. wanted to understand what is it that makes an entrepreneur succeed to the to the you know key points and one of those key points is first who then what you want to sure. know who is it that you are doing business uh, with so when you're going in this bus who is my team before what is the direction we are going before the idea mm. the team is super important and i knew that but until i experienced it i didn't know how important it is Experience. so now yeah. i know i need to have like i want to leverage my resvi brand my obu everything i've got at my um power to create yeah. a strong team to find those individuals because once i have a team of five brilliant uh, minded individuals 
any idea is possible. You just have to look, you know, places, find an idea and execute on it. But until then, I, I, I want to strive for that team as opposed to strive for financial gain or the idea or the small business. Okay, wonderful. So it's team building, you know, as sort of the next step and uh, a great uh, point that, you know, once you have these individuals, you could craft and, you know, create something much bigger than all of you. So best of luck with that. And thank you so much again for your time today. I had a wonderful time. Was there any last tip that I must have missed that you want to, you know, maybe give to the immigrants around you? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If the audience liked uh, what I had to share, I they can find me Reza V Reza R E Z A V E E on any of the social platforms. I'm almost on all of them. I'm mostly right. um, active on LinkedIn as well as uh, Instagram, but um, I mostly talk about networking, social capital, and I I really care about. I feel like in the in the next decade we're going to see a lot of content about human side of business business became this raw transactional thing and i quite Mm -hmm. disagree with that i feel like there's a human behind the wheel and it's very important to recognize that human side of it and the relationships we have and um me running a business and somebody else running it unfortunately people look at it the same and they're like the business supposed to do xyz Whereas I'm here to argue, you have to take into consideration who are the people running that business. And that's pretty much what I do talk about. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reza. 